Can anyone else see that if this is recording? Or not? Yeah, it says, it says Sean is recording the call. Sean is recording the call. Cool, fuck, let's do a podcast then. Okay. All right, so do you want us to mute and then give it a couple of seconds and you're going to be the intro? Yeah, that's okay. Um, or is okay. this the cold open? <laughs> I guess it is now. Right, <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone mute, Sean, do the intro, bang, wallop, let's do this. Okay. Welcome to another edition of the Finger Guns podcast. This is episode, let's say, 16. I honestly can't remember. Um, but yeah, we're in the teens now. We've not quit, which is great. Yeah, welcome to the podcast. I apologize if you've joined us to listen to Roscoe Kediston's lovely, sexy, silky voice. He's currently off in Spain enjoying some sun and some sea and some probably Nintendo Switch. So instead, this week, you've got me, Sean Davies, hosting this podcast, and it's going to be an utter disaster. And joining me this week is Mr. Paul Collett. Hello. And Mr. Greg Hicks. Hi. How are you both? You feeling good? Hot. I, I share uh, Paul's sentiment that it's really warm, and I've just been training in, like, 28-degree heat, so if, you, if I sound really knackered, I am. Yeah. I'll tell you something, though. I've been sitting in my bedroom playing Assassin's Creed Origins and playing a game in the desert just makes you feel that much hotter. So I think I'm uh, I think I beat you there, dude. Yeah, until somebody says they've been playing God of War and they've been to hell. And what you're to <laughs> they've trumped Sorry, hang on, hang on, sorry. I've just been doing physical activity in twenty eight degree temperature. <laughs> yeah. I've been grappling with people in big sweaty pajamas and you playing a game set in Egypt has made you more warmer than me. It's, it's, the, it's the mental thing, dude. You have to understand. It's yeah, I realise you are sets. mental, yes. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> well. But then okay. I'm, I've done my workout this morning. It's a bit cooler. Sensible. I don't have yeah. that luxury. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we want to apologise for this slight delay in this podcast going up. and There was some unforeseen circumstances that we couldn't really avoid, which meant we've had to delay by a couple of days. But we are here now. And we promise to make this nice and short and sweet and full of quality content. Why would you lie to people like that? I don't. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my Trump on now that you I'm. You make it coaching. sound such a good podcast. It's not. It's, okay. This is this is this is the Gonzo podcast, isn't it? This is the, uh, <laughs> the this is the Hunter S. Thompson podcast this week. <laughs> yeah, you know one of these American TV shows got a guest director and it all goes to shit. Like, <laughs> that, like, like the Saturday Night Live of a <laughs> podcast. Exactly. exactly. This is it. It's going to shit. Okay, let's actually do something. Um, let's talk about what we've been playing this week is what we should be saying. And I'm going to start with Greg. So, Greg, what have you been playing this week? It's going to sound like deja vu, but pretty much the same as what I was playing last week. Uh, I've got back into Red Dead again. Um, Devil May Cry is still trucking along with that. Um, I've been playing They Are Billions which I think the embargo was last week, so I can talk about it. My review will be yep. up soon. It's a Command & Conquer-ish game on the console, which, now, if you know your, your RTS is on console, you've probably gone, ooh, or you've gone, oh, that's going to handle really, really badly. And unfortunately, it's the latter. So I'm trying to get my head around the uh, lack of mouse support. But I've uh, been playing that, um, playing a bit more Spider-Man, and some Detroit again. So well, yeah, just sort of having a, a bit of a dabble this week, really. That's really good. Um, how 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 are you finding? Obviously, the controls 
are difficult. I think that's true of every real-time strategy console game. Oh yeah, without a doubt. I don't think there's ever been a good one. And if anyone can actually think of one, please do let us know because yeah, I can't think of a single good real-time strategy game on consoles. So, but if if have you played any other real-time strategy games on consoles? Only Command and Conquer back on the PlayStation One, so that was really my sort of four. I've never really played a lot of PC games anyway, so I haven't really done a lot of RTSs on PC. But I know it is a completely different um, kit; like it's much easier to control. So I haven't really got that basis to ground myself off of. But um, yeah, it's just it's a struggle to play at the moment, right. and a bit like um, that Riot Civil Unrest game I had to review. There is nothing there's no prior story or anything it's menu survival pick your map pick your difficulty there you go all right cool all right what am i building what's my purpose here am i meant to be mining am i meant to be well obviously defending but yeah it's 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 a a tough one it's 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 of that pedigree of point and click snobbiness that it just assumes you've played countless rts's so you're just going to breeze through this or you're going to hit the ground running and I'd, I'd like to have a bit of narrative to see what I'm doing, and it's not. It's just like, there's your base, there's your first four units, go fucking nuts. Like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, I'm dead. Oh. Okay. Does, does, does the game explain the title? Like, is There are a lot of enemies on screen at once, yes. Is that all it is? Uh, essentially, yeah. It's just, hmm. you know, the bit on um, uh, Starship Troopers where they go to Ticonderoga and it just gets overrun. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's they... like that. When the camera pans up and it's like, oh shit! Yeah, when that when that general's in the cupboard and they go, oh my god, it's a trap! They've lured us here, and then it all kicks off. The brain bug, yeah, 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 it's, yeah. it's it's like that. Oh, okay, uh, that sounds quite interesting. Yeah, okay. and that's on the the moderate difficulty settings. You can put it up very brutal, and the map just goes. <laughs> done. <laughs> you have sad. to have fingers of steel and analog stick mastery, and I do not have either. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to a stream of you playing that on Extreme. Oh, God. So I've, uh, <laughs> I've gone back to Red Dead at the moment just to calm myself down. Fair enough. Are you enjoying this? It seems a very divisive game. Yeah, as I said last week, I'm actually taking a bit more of the world in this time. Yeah, okay. And actually exploring it and not just in a rush to finish the story. I think I made the mistake. Well, I said I made the mistake last week. I said I just played through the story just to kind of avoid having it spoiled for me. So, and I kind of finished it and went, all right, cool. And got rid of it because it was still high value trading. And then, yeah, of the week when I traded in Days Gone, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this properly this time. And yeah, I'm just trotting along and doing more of the side missions and helping people out and being a being a good Arthur Morgan. Good. Well, I look forward to seeing how you get on with this over the weeks because I imagine this is going to be for like the next six weeks. So well, I expect yeah, six more podcasts of you playing Red Dead, <laughs> as, as is now tradition. But no, just selling it right before the final boss. That would be great. It's probably taking six weeks just to cross the map. It's that slow. <laughs> You're not a fan, Paul? Oh, no. It's just too It's just too, too, too much of a drudge, do you know what I mean, to, to get rid of a map. I mean, I just... Uh, it, cause that's that's the whole point, though, isn't it? That's the whole point. You're supposed to take in the old frontier ways of the Wild West. And... Oh, no. I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll, I'll tell you, get there. I mean, I mean, and, uh, the, the kind of atmosphere they create is amazing, but it's just like... You, the walking is just. I had I had this big moan up on GTA Five when they had these kind of real world physics. Like, so when you climb up a hill, it slows down. When you're walking through mud, it slows down. And, and 
it's like it's just, I'll just fucking move all you, Jesus Christ! And it's just <laughs> it's so infuriating. And in some ways, I think that kind of spoiled the game for me because I just want to like run up a hill and run down the hill without falling over and breaking my neck. Do you know what I mean? It's like a video game, it's not like real life. Um, so um, I, you know, it, you know, so that's I'm, what I've been playing anyway. Which leads us, which leads us nicely on to Paul. Yeah, <laughs> what have you been playing, buddy? Yes. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. So I've been playing um, Plays in Chrome, uh, which I reviewed for the site, and I gave it a almighty nine out of ten because it is a fantastic love letter to the two uh, D run the gun shooter from back in the day um it is literally taken contra and emulated it and maybe proved it in some ways and maybe not so in other ways um but i really enjoyed it it's a massive nostalgia fest and i'll just wish one of you guys had it as well i, I don't know if you have got it but it'd be nice to have a little two-player carp just to i think um, we've all got it now i think all four of us have now got the game so really yeah well, we should play carp then because i'd like to because it is balls hard, no doubt. No matter what, even the easy level, uh, it is so hard. And Do you know what's going to really annoy you, though? You completely on hard, right? Fuck no, I'm playing it on Xbox. Oh, okay. No. It's on game. It's on Game Pass. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. No, no totally, totally understand. It's just, um, it would be nice to have some, you know, co-op. Maybe crossplay can be. No, forget crossplay. It's never going to happen. Blazing <laughs> um, Chrome, you you were at one point going to give it a 10 out of 10. I was. Yes. So why did you knock it down to a 9 out of 10? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think I, before reviewing it live, I was playing it and I, I, got, I was going through it and I was on this level. I think it was like the third or maybe fourth level. I can't remember. Um, and it just it was just full of cheap tricks. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so frustrating. And, I, I, and you know, I think in my frustration, rather than anything about the game being particularly... Uh, uh, are bad. I just thought, oh, I can't, I can't give this a ten. I'm getting too frustrated. Um, so yeah, it was, it was just one of those levels where everything just jumps at you. You can't just shoot them; <laughs> they just jump everywhere, and like you die. Um, and then uh, you know, it's just very frustrating. But so we gave it a nine because you shit at it. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was all shit. At it. I just think it, it just. I mean, I've read, I put it in my review. It just it, sometimes it just threw some really cheap tricks at you which at least i got to the last boss of Sekiro. yeah true <laughs> yeah but this is harder i swear it's harder it is it is incredibly difficult i've i've got oh, to the no final doubt. boss of the of the um first level about six times now but i always end up getting there with one life left yeah. and, and <laughs> it's, it's, yep. it's just like what well, this is this is unfair this is this is not this is not kosher um and I've really not tried any of the other levels because I know that's the easiest. But it is a lot of fun, you know. Tr- you know, the the running and gunning, and then the like the helicopter levels and the mech levels. There's a lot going on in that it's, game. It's it's a it's a proper. It just reminded me. I thought I was playing a SNES, um, but it has these really nice little kind of graphical touches that probably wasn't available on a SNES. Um, you know, the PS4 has a power to do it, and it just just little things that just makes it a little bit more. I don't know, exciting. Um, but a little thing, I don't know if it's a spoiler or not, but uh, it is a spoiler, I won't tell you, so. Anyway. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. have, you, have you been playing anything else this week? Uh, I've been playing Destiny, I'm still trudging my way through there. Um, I've finally got to level 50, so I'm now waiting for the new expansion so I can 
crack on with that. And I've just literally started from scratch again, third time going. This is now uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. So um, I just fancy something a bit cathartic, just to you know clear a map of icons. What happens to you first in the second playthrough? What happens? Uh, do you know what? This is what happens. You know, you know, we all have it. We, we get a game, we like it, we play it, and then another game comes out, and that one goes on the back burner, and you start playing a new game, get bored of the new game. For example, uh, Days Gone, I got absolutely so bored of it, put it away. That's why I started playing Destiny again, and then I've got capped out on level 50, so that's kind of got a bit dull, so I thought, oh, something new to play. And I did like the Origins, I really enjoyed it. Um, so I thought I'd give it another go. But I can't, I can't just pick a game up halfway through, I have to start again. Because it's just a bit OCD. <laughs> Do you know um, there's some pretty good. I mean, the, I mean, the menu system in Origins is reasonably good at getting you up to date where you were. It's one of the things. So, like when I I wrote a, an article about three months ago now about how games need to better accommodate lapsed players, and yes. I, I mentioned Origins and Odyssey in there because they their menu options they're like they're quest trackers are actually really good for like lapsed players it's yeah, one of the best really, i've seen yeah you know just give it a try i know obviously you know you're on your third playthrough so that's kind of useless advice at this point but when i turned it on first time around i think um i think i was on level 15 because this is obviously my second playthrough and i was at this camp and i you know it's one of those things where you kind of forget the controls a little bit you kind of forget Kind of where you are in the in the game world, and you, you just no, I tell you what, I'd start again. I like to have the uh, neat and tidy start from scratch. Okay, I uh, I look forward to he- hearing you having started it again in about three weeks' time. Yeah, it's probably about that. I'll probably start Destiny <laughs> two weeks time as well. It's, you know. Okay, so that kind of leads on to what I've been playing, and so most of this week I've been playing Sayrento VR on PlayStation VR. It's like a, a ninja game simulator where you use the PlayStation Move as swords and you basically hack and slash your way through a lot of shinobi-like cyber ninjas. It's a pretty good-looking game. It's the most comfortable VR game I've played where you move around and the control scheme is, while it's a bit uncomfortable at first, you get like very accustomed to very quickly. So. It's quite a comfortable VR game. It didn't make me feel like I needed to throw up, despite the fact that I was like running along walls and doing flips and stuff. And that was quite an achievement. I don't know what, really how they've done that, but it, it's a, a really comfortable VR game. Do you know what it reminded me of? Red Steel. Yes, it is a lot like Red Steel, except like... Better? The, I don't know. I don't, like I gave it a 7 out of 10 in, in my review because there is some major kind of so the textures for example when you when you're walk, when you're walking towards like a building the building will look very low texture until you get to a certain point and then the textures will like load in front of your eyes and then as you get a bit closer another wave of texture will load in front of your eyes it looks it looks like the game's having loads of major pop-up at times but it's it's not it's just the way that it, it works to make sure that you stay comfortable within the movement if that makes any sense so to keep the frames up, it kind of reduces the resolution of all the textures. And the combat is loads better than Red Steel. But the visuals of it, even you know, Red Steel was a, a Wii game, I still think that the Red Steel looks better than Sorrento does in VR. 
uh, because of this kind of texture thing. And I get why they've done it, because there's no way that you could play Sorrento the way you're supposed to play it, like running along walls and doing you know massive jumps and stuff, if that was the case with the, the textures. It, you know, you'd end up vomiting because of the, the frame rate. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a worthwhile sacrifice, and it is a good game. It's getting loads of names, 9 out of 10s everywhere else, apart from us who gave it to 7 out of 10. So I apologise to the developers because I give you the one 7 out of 10 out there. But, you know, it has it has some issues, you know. There's loads of repetition of areas as well, so they're like they've copied and pasted, like, places onto one another. And because you're flipping around and, like, doing, like, backflips and turning and shit, if you get lost, you really fucking get lost. And you can spend ages walking in the wrong direction. What else have we been playing? I've been playing New Star Manager, um, which came out on the PlayStation 4. Um, Roscoe reviewed that when it came out on the Switch, and he gave it an 8 out of 10, I think, which I thought was really generous, even though I'd not played it. I was doing that whole, I don't agree with this review, despite having never played the game. Mm. Having played the game now, I completely understand where Roscoe is coming from. It is basically the the pro-evolution pro soccer of football managers. So, like, if 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 football manager was like FIFA... New Star Manager would be like Pro Evo. Like the names are all bad. Like there's, you know, they're all dodgy names, dodgy strips, you know, dodgy. London FC, for example. Yeah, yeah. There's like, <laughs> um, I've, they've, they've got some like some proper names in there. So there's like Burton um, and there's like, there, there are like places. Clinton in... Stanley. <laughs> exactly. So like, and it, but it's more arcadey. So like your players, will run out of energy but to replenish it you have to give them cans of energy drink which is <laughs> like probably not something that the health authorities want as to, to be advertised a, is that a sponsored energy drink by chance no it's just called nrg which is or red bull or something they've been sponsored or product placement or something they've missed a trick by not doing that really exactly um, one of the great things about it is during matches, um, like within Football Manager, if you, you know, the, if your players are going to score and there's like a highlight, you can watch it. Whereas the highlights in New Star Manager, you take over the highlight. So it's whenever you and it turns into like a game of Sabutio. So you can pass the ball between players and then not do anything. So like the game freezes until you figure out what you want to do next. It's a really smart mechanic. I can understand that it's loads better on the Switch probably because. It doesn't really play well on a big screen. But if, if you like football manager games and you want one on the PlayStation 4, it is pretty damn good. I've been enjoying it. And the other two games that I'm playing, I can't really talk about much. Um, so I'm playing uh, Nowhere Profit, which is the uh, No More Robots next game. Um, it's like a... They call it Dust Punk. I've, I've never heard of Duffs, but has anyone heard of Dust Punk before? No, but can you remind me what games this developer have done? Um, so the developer hasn't done anything but the publishers did Descenders they did Not Tonight that Brexit game and they're doing Family Man and they've done um, Hypnospace Outlaw oh so not not a developer I was thinking of or publishing sorry probably not no, no. Um, so yeah their, their next game's coming out this Friday uh, if you're listening to this I would highly advise it if you like um card battlers and card capture games it's it and choose your own adventure games as well it's kind of like a choose your own adventure game so it's it's really quite cool 
And the other game I'm playing is Horace, and I can't say a single word about that because uh, I am embargoed up to the hilt, despite the fact that the embargo lifts tomorrow, but it's, it will be after this podcast lifts. So. Now, Horace, I've never heard of this game, sorry. But yeah. is this a remake of a classic Spectrum game? It's not. It's not. Oh, damn it. I, do you know, I, I, every time I mention this game, so this is the game, I interviewed the developer, um, Paul Newman. He, the, Paul worked on, do you know the... Um, the Die Hard trilogy games. Yes. So that he was. was so good. Yes, he, he was one of the main artists on that game, uh, and he also worked on another game while he was at that studio, um, began with a T, and um, basically, that he he's gone out and he spent seven years of his own time developing this little indie game called Horace about a robot whose whose owner wants him to gain some humanity. And it's it's like a two D platformer, but he wanted to do like a cinematic two D platformer, so like cutscenes cut into the pixels and they go massive on the screen and stuff. But it's it's such a a lovely game, and I can't really say anything more about it um, because of the embargo. Um, But you can look out for a review soon, and I could probably say it's going to be a positive review. Excellent. And so that brings an end to what we've been playing, Uh, and that will lead us nicely on to. The finger gun trivia. Challenge. Beautiful. That was quite the crescendo. It my eye. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I don't have a guitar or an orchestra like Roscoe does, but I make the best of what I've got. So this week's quiz is entirely based around video game movies. So video game tie-in movies, um, we've all seen them, we've all hated them, and there are 18 questions all about them. So I hope you both got a pen and paper ready. If you've never done this quiz before and you are playing along at home, uh, we'll read out the questions now, um, and then towards the end of the cast, we'll read out the answers, and then just let us know how you get on. Um, and good luck to Sarah, and good luck to Wayne. Um, I hope you beat both Greg and Paul. <laughs> I'm rooting for the listeners now, dude. One team, one drink. You'll remember that, right? No, I, I fight for the user. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's kick this off then. So, question one: Which actor starred as Mario in the 1993 Super Mario Brothers movie? Okay. That question again. Which actor starred as Mario in the 1993 Super Mario Brothers movie? Question two. Which actor delivered this line in 1994's Street Fighter movie? For you, the day Bison graced your village was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. Uh, would, you, would you like maybe... Uh... Of course. Question two is, which actor delivered this line in 1994's Street Fighter movie? For you, the day Bison graced your village was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. Okay, question three. Dwayne The Rock Johnson starred in two movies based on video games. Please name them both.
both. Question three. Dwayne The Rock Johnson has started two movies based on video games. Please name them both. Okay, question four. Which actor has been cast as Nathan Drake in the upcoming Uncharted movie? Uh. Oh, I think I'm stumped. Got him, guys. <laughs> Got him. Oh, oh, ah, I do know this. Damn it. Okay. Is this a trick question? It is not a trick question. Um, it could possibly be a trick question. How could it possibly be a trick question? Well, it depends, uh, like, which era Nathan Drake we're talking about. No spoilers. Okay, well, only one caster, actor has been cast as Nathan Drake in the upcoming state version of Uncharted. Only one. Fine. Well, get this wrong, though. It's not Nathan Philly, I'll tell you that. Nah, shame. He did that yeah. short movie, which was awesome. It was great, yeah. but, he, but he looked like he couldn't run very well, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan Drake. <laughs> <True. laughs> okay, um, question five. Three Ubisoft-owned game series have been transformed into live-action movies. Can you name two of them, please? Yes. Congratulations. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's three Ubisoft-owned game series have been transformed into live-action movies. Can you name two of them, please? You can name your three if you want. Yeah, you won't get a bonus, though. Okay, I don't give a shit. They're having a roll. <laughs> I'm going to rapidly crash towards the end of the quiz, so I thought I'd get them in there. Well done. <laughs> okay um, question six who lent his voice to Pikachu in the Detective Pikachu movie your mama question six who lent his voice to Pikachu in the Defe Detective Pikachu movie okay question seven what was the first video game movie directed by prolific video game movie director and producer Yu Bol? Question 7. What was the first video game movie directed by prolific video game movie director and producer Yu Bol? Movie game ruiner Yu Bol. <laughs> Prolific turd creator, you bowl. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question eight. Which EA-owned franchise was turned into a live-action movie starring Aaron Paul in 2016? Never watched it. Well done for dodging that bullet. I've watched it. I quite enjoyed it in a weird kind of way. I'm not surprised. Of course you do, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Question 8. Which EA-owned franchise was turned into a live-action movie starring Aaron Paul in 2016? Okay, question 9. Which actor starred as Max Payne in the 2008 Max Payne movie? 
could have been amazing, wasn't. Absolute pile of shit. Like, there aren't any good movies on this entire quiz, you know. <laughs> this, this isn't something like there has never been a good video game movie. So, <laughs> okay, question nine. Which actor starred as Max Payne in the 2008 Max Payne movie? Question 10. How many live-action movies have been created for the Resident Evil franchise to date? Oh. Hold on, was that question 10? Or did you say 9? 10. Oh, so I've missed out a question. I'll run through them again for you at the end, Paul, don't worry. How many live-action movies have been created for the Resident Evil franchise to date? Is that how many movies or how many live-action movies? Live action movies. Okay, cool. I'm not including the animation ones. Okay, do. Okay, question 11. Which video game movie adaption has earned the most in worldwide box office takings to date? Mm. Hmm. This As one surprises a film. A single film. Oh. Which video game movie has earned the most in worldwide box office takings to date? Which will obviously change as soon as Sonic gets released. <laughs> it's not going to be Spirits Within, because that was a failure. Or is it? I don't know. I might just give the answer away. Shit. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. Oh, of course, you can't. Get bloody quizmaster, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I think Greg might be on something there. Uh, I don't think it did. I don't think it. It looked amazing, but everyone went, eh. It was shit. I ain't gonna lie. It was a glorious part of shit. <laughs> okay. Question 12. Which actor is appearing in the 2020 Sonic the Hedgehog movie as Dr. Robotnik? Or Dr. Eggman, if you really want to be that kind of... Someone who looks nothing like him. Why do they call him Eggman, anyway? Oh, sorry, that's, just, that's another tangent. I always prefer Robotnik. <laughs> okay. Um, question 12. Which actor is appearing in the 2020 Sonic the Hedgehog movie as Dr. Robotnik? Question 13. Which long-running Capcom game franchise is getting the movie treatment in 2020 starring Ron Perlman? Uh, do you not know this? Say what? Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> okay. Which long-running Capcom game franchise is getting oh, no, I do know this. in 2020 starring Ron Perlman? Mega Man. Oh. Imagine Ron Perlman as Mega Man. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Okay, one more time, so though Greg had an epiphany halfway through me reading that. <laughs> a, misleading, a misleading epiphany. Okay, uh, which long-running Capcom game franchise is getting the movie treatment in 2020 starring Ron Perlman? Question 14. Australian actress, singer and model Holly Valance starred in which video game movie adaption <laughs> back in 2006? <laughs> what are you laughing at, Greg? Because I know it. Who doesn't? We all watched it for just that very reason. <laughs> That's why I'm laughing. 
Okay, I'm still sat here in a towel. <laughs> Question 14. I still. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Visions of Greg and Atoll. Okay, um, question 14. Australian actress, singer and model Ali Valance started which video game movie adaption back in 2006? Okay, question 15. In the Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life movie, what is Laura Croft attempting to find? Oh. Would that be The Cradle of Life? That would be too fucking easy. <laughs> <laughs> In the Tomb Raider, the Cradle of Life movie, what is Lara Croft attempting to find? I love that film because it had her stunt doubles. And Angelina Jolie's quite thin, and her stunt doubles are like big hulking guys. And there's a brilliant bit on jet skis where he's doing like barrel rolls and stuff. Well, she's meant to be doing barrel rolls. And it's just like Lou Ferringo is the Hulk doing barrel rolls on jet skis. It's so stupid. If you ever watch it again, just look out for it. She's meant to be doing like backflips, and it's just this massive like physique guy as her in a bikini doing jet ski backflips. So I stupid. Think, I don't think I can ever put myself watching that film again. Oh, I know it. I know it. I think it's not great of life. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um. Oh. Paul's pizza's here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Question sixteen. Before being replaced by Timothy Oliphant, who who had been cast as Agent Forty Seven in the original oh, Hitman movie? In question sixteen, before being replaced by Timothy Oliphant, who had been cast as Agent Forty Seven in the original Hitman movie? Oh. I don't know this one. I know the film, but I don't know this one. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Sorry. Okay. Question 17. Alec Baldwin, James Woods, Donald Sutherland, and Steve Buscemi all starred in which animated video game movie? question again <laughs> Alec Baldwin, James Woods Donald Sutherland and Steve Buscemi all starred in a which animated video game movie literally no idea yes okay um, question 18 in which video game movie adaption did Peter Dinklage Play Mighty Eagle. Oh, crap. I don't know. That question again. In which video game movie adaption did Peter Dinklage play Mighty Eagle? I think I know this one. <coughs> Excuse me. I, I do not. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay, this uh, will be very interesting then. That's a crapshoot on that one. Hmm. I've got a few few blank spaces and I don't like it. Especially number nine, because I missed it out completely. <laughs> so, now that the quiz is out of the way with, we can start to talk about some actual topics of news and interest this week. And 
Probably oh, the biggest. Uh, but let's can we? Can we though? I have. Can a we though? Oh, all right. Okay. Okay. Later, if we can, we'll squeeze it in at the end, maybe. Fuck's sake! Of course, can. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so probably the biggest news since we last did a podcast was that Nintendo announced the, to the surprise of everybody, obviously, the Nintendo Switch Lite, um, which is a $200 variant of the normal Switch, which can't be docked, um, has a smaller screen, um, cannot have the controllers taken away from the screen, so can't do tabletop mode. Grand success for Nintendo, because it comes in four different colors, which is awesome. I was just wondering if you could give me your thoughts on this. I know that, Paul, you originally said that you were potentially going to get one. Um, is that still the case? Uh, no. I, I, um, I, I had a Switch. I also had the, the, the full, full-blown full Switch experience. And as much as I liked a few of the games on it, I, I ended up never being played. Um I didn't take it away portable. I used my phone mostly on my iPad, so I didn't use it for portable gaming. And um, when I was at home, I was using my PlayStation 4 for the you know the big screen experience. So it never played it. And I thought when I first heard it, I thought, ah, oh, a portable uh, handheld system, great. So you know, playing Mario on the go is never a bad thing. Then I just thought about the PlayStation Vita. And as much as I loved that when it first came out, it just I never used that either. It's one of those things that when you've got a smartphone that can pretty much you know, give or take, do what, you know, a handheld console can do now, bar lack of controls. Uh, it's just an ease of use. If you're on a train, you pick your phone out. You know, if you're on a, a you know, a long car journey, you get your phone out. It's uh, So I know I'd like to get one because I like Nintendo and I love the games, but I know I'll get it and it will sit there and it will gather, gather dust and I'll have to end up trading it in. So um, I think, you know, the only, the only handheld I've actually played and loved and kept and played forever was the original Game Boy, believe it or not. So um, unless that comes back out again, I probably won't get it. For good reason. I mean, there was those rumours of, of a Game Boy Mini, um, which would be, I imagine, enough for you to have a small heart attack. Probably, yeah. Uh, if I want to play Castlevania 2 again on, on the, and Mario on the original Game Boy, I'd be well happy. Let me, let me ask you this. So when you had a Nintendo Switch, did you play it in docked very often? So obviously uh, you can connect it to the TV, which you can't with this new version. That's a good question. Actually, to be fair, the majority of the time I played it handheld. But that was on the sofa because I just couldn't bother to get up. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Um, it's, it's weird because obviously, you know, life gets in the way of things. So time is not always on people's side. So if you want to have a big gaming event session, like two or three hour session, then you, you want to play what you, you know, the, the PlayStation, what well, I do. So um, to dedicate a night to playing the Switch on the TV for three hours, I just couldn't do it. It just didn't, didn't really kind of register. So I'd sort of like, well, the news was on, I'd sort of lay back on the Switch, played it for half hour or whatever, and then turn it off for a while, put the PlayStation on. <laughs> it's, it's weird. For some reason, I just never played it. Same, but then same for the Xbox as well, so it's not just a Nintendo thing. Okay. Do you, do you think the, the, the price drop... I mean, obviously, it's two hundred dollars, like one hundred ninety odd quid here. Is what is that? Is that pushing you into a territory where you might think, "Ah, fuck it, I'll get it anyway." Because um, you've done this with pretty much every console that I know has been released in the last yeah. like, fifteen years. <laughs> you've just gone, "Ah, fuck it, I'll just get it. like it gets to a price, and you're like, "Yeah, okay, fair yeah, enough." Yeah, do. 
Um, I don't know, probably not. I mean, to be honest with you, the one well, the one thing that really done me with the Switch as a whole was um, this is a controversial uh, opinion, but it was was Zelda. I love Zelda games. Every single one that's ever been released, I just adored. But for some reason, the one on the Switch, I just couldn't stand it. It was awful. Um, and that really, I was looking forward to having this big open world game to sit down and invest my time in. And I found out I just didn't like it. It didn't feel like Zelda. So, um, you know, and that, that and Mario, and I played Mario, so the only real two games I would have got a Switch for, unless they could bring out F-Zero, um, then I might, I might jump in and Metroid. Okay, uh, before the before the FBI come to take Paul away, I just want to say that Paul's views don't represent the entirety of the Finger Guns team. Some <laughs> people do like Zelda. Um, I know, I'll tell you, controversial <laughs> subject and opinion. Um, but no, I, I just didn't like it. It just wasn't wasn't very Zelda-y for me. So, do you know when when that game first released and it got all the you know the ten out of tens, there were there were a quiet contingent of people that were like, we don't think it's that good, and. Oh. It, it, you could. The thing is, you can't say that about a Nintendo game. You can't. You can't criticize a Nintendo game without having a Nintendo boy turn up and your you know mentions on Twitter or whatever to tell you how wrong you are. Um, <laughs> but yeah, fair enough. Um, so I guess I guess the the light isn't a version for you. But Greg, now that you've you know you've been wanting a Switch for a while to play all of these Devolver games that you haven't been able to play, is this the version you want? Is a Nintendo Switch Lite thing to get you on board? I never said I wanted a Switch. I want to play the Devolver games that are on the Switch on my consoles. Yeah, but you've been saying, like, I, I need a Switch because of those games, yeah? When have I ever said I need a Switch? Stop putting um, words in my mouth, Davies. Okay, I'm going to search Slack right here and right now. Can you <laughs> tell me what you think about the I oh, want a Switch? Has been laid. I, I don't ever recall saying I want a Switch. Um, I think you're trying to... Uh, <laughs> drum up drum up some positive attitude here because of negative Nancy giving it no I don't want one um, I'm on Paul's side though I don't actually want one not because I don't like the idea I actually quite like I think if I had a Switch I probably wouldn't play it on my TV It to me it, it seems like a handheld console so this being a smaller lighter big DS it's quite a cool idea uh, I like it and it's nice as, as a smaller price point as well I still don't want one but there are a few games now I'd like to play. I do want to play Breath of the Wild eventually, um, and Link's Awakening because I never played that the first time around on the Game Boy Color. Oh, sorry, Game Boy. Um, yeah, still don't want one. Um, do you want me to go through all the times? No, I'm not going to say. When have I? I don't ever recall ever saying I want the Switch. Um, the 16th of April. When did I? Wait, are we are we are we doing Slack back chat now? Are we? <laughs> Slack back chat. Ooh, that's what, what I'm saying is. What I'm saying is. At one point, you were saying uh, you wanted to buy a Switch for £70. And, um, when? What? No. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm just saying. I'm just No. Saying. Yeah, I'm just saying. I, I don't recall. I really yeah, don't recall. You, you bought something else for that £70, and I'm not going to reveal what it was. Wasn't um, it? No, didn't I say I paid 70 quid towards my TV? Oh, no, because... Yes. No, you, no, that's because Ross said you could have bought a Switch for that money, and I said, no, I put £70 towards my 4K TV, or something along those lines. Shut up, Sean. I never admitted to wanting a Switch. Stop trying to twist this. I'm sure Ross is probably going to be listening to this going, No, I I like the idea of this small one. Why am I getting riled up about this? I like this uh, this sort of Switch Lite thing. I think it's quite cool for people that don't want to sit and have another home console. 
And I know the Switch had this original thing where, you know, if someone wants to watch TV, you take it out and play it as a handheld thing. It eliminates that whole fighting over the TV, the fighting over the TV thing. It's cool. And yes, there are some games on the Switch I'd like to play, but I still don't want one. Fair enough. Ta-da! Okay. <laughs> I will admit defeat. I, I will next week come up with a list of the exact words that you said over the entire of our Slack conversations to say when you'd like to switch. Um, which I imagine will be zero because you are pretty, you know, consistent in your um, blaseness towards the switch. Despite the fact that <laughs> it's a shame because are... I do I do really like Zelda as well, and I mean I've got a, like a Triforce tattoo on my thumb, so I do like Zelda, and I feel like I am missing out on Breath of the Wild, Link's Awakening. Um, so yeah, I mean it's a bit of a stickler for that, but then I've done that before where I've bought. I didn't buy an Xbox One, but I got it on my phone because I got like an upgrade thing. I was really excited for Quantum Break, and that was shit. So. I, think, I mean, when it drops down in price, maybe I might pick one up Quantum and finally break, get around playing it. Hold on, is that the one with the guy who could freeze time and stuff? Yeah, Mr. Time Pounds. That's right. Yeah, it was all right. It, it wasn't worth the hype of buying a whole... I'm, I'm glad I didn't pay full price for an Xbox. If I bought that as a full price console and a full price game, I'd be thrown out the window. Um, True. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I mean, back, back to the, the Switch light, light switch, wherever it is. <laughs> light switch! Oh, hey. I call it that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, this is going to be on record, like literally on record. I may be tempted when the price drops down, etc. But uh, for the meantime, no. Cool idea, not for me. Fair enough. Um, as for my feelings on the matter, I think it's a great idea, but also I think it's a bit of a misnomer how cheap it appears to be. Um, because when you buy a normal Switch you get two of the Joy-Cons. And for a lot of games, you can turn those Joy-Cons sideways and use them as separate controllers. And with this new Switch the Switch Lite or Lite Switch, that's not possible because the, the, the sides of the Switch are attached. And so for games like uh, Snipper Clippers and a lot of games that you know rely on those kind of single Joy-Con controllers, you're going to have to go out and buy another set of Joy-Cons anyway. And I think it's yeah, that a is I think it's a bit of a you know, if if you are the kind of person that just wants to buy it for Pokemon and for you know Zelda and you aren't gonna be using it in the way that the Switch is probably best used as a, a multiplayer kind of portable console that you could take anywhere and you could just like take out four Joy Cons and have four players playing Smash. You know, that that's that was what the Switch, you know, one of the main kind of unique selling points about the Switches. But with this version, you're not going to get that. And you can't dock it with a TV. So it is a handheld. And it, it's it's a great idea for those people that just want that. But anybody else, I mean, the, the Nintendo Switch is going to exist for as long as it, until the Pro comes out at least. Um, and that's the other part of this, obviously, that the Nintendo Switch Pro, they said that there's not another more powerful version coming out this year, but they've kind of hinted at the fact that they exist. So, it shall be interesting in the next 12 months to find out how many people buy a £200 Switch Lite and then find out 12 months later that there are more powerful games that you will play on your new console. Anyway, um, shall we move on to the next topic? If anyone else got anything to say on the, on the Lite Switch? The yep. Lite Switch. What a name that is. Nintendo Mr. Thank Trick. you. Patent, patent, you heard it here first. Yep. Patent me. Do you, do you know what's really weird about this? It's like this, the, the Nintendo Switch Lite can't switch. Yeah. Like, like the whole point, like the whole, you know, the whole 
snappy thing that they do on all the adverts is, is the controller snapping onto the side of the control onto the, the screen. It's not going to happen. It's just going to be like the Nintendo, Nintendo static. It's Nintendo static. The Nintendo screen, oh, no. isn't it? That's what I was going to say Nintendo. It'd be the the oh, you can't call it the SS, can you? <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, you don't want to bring back the uh, you don't want to bring back the axis, do you? <laughs> the axis of evil. No. Um, That'd be quite funny come from Nintendo, especially. I'm going to have to call well, up this yeah. answer. <laughs> yeah, Figure Guns does not advocate or endorse the uh, reformation of Nazi Germany or the SS or the Axis of Evil. Oh, God. <laughs> Thanks for that disclaimer, Greg. Um, That's all right. <laughs> so, moving on, the probably second biggest piece of news from the last um, week was the announcement of the PC Engine Core or the, um, the Graphics Mini, or d- depending on wh- what part of the world you're from, depends on kind of what you might have called this. Um, because all over the world it was referred to as various different things. But there is a new mini console coming from Konami. And in our on our shores, it's going to be called the PC Engine Core Graphics Mini, which is a bit of a fucking mouthful. But yeah, this includes 50 games from classic eras and will include games like uh, Super Darius, um, Super Star Soldier, Gradius... It's going to include a lot of games uh, and also Snatcher, one of uh, Hideo Kojima's first games. And they're all going to be in Japanese. It should be fun. But it also have quite a lot of English games on there too, like Victory Run, like um, R-Type and Chuman Shu, Chuman Fu, sorry. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> basically it's, it's, it's 50 games um that are all pretty classic games and it all comes on a tiny little controller that has quite a lot of peripherals to it too. You might might remember that Konami teased that they had a big announcement back at E3, that they didn't make a D3 and just kind of went by. This was apparently it. They've got three, D, three different versions of this thing releasing around the world, one in Japan, one in America and one in kind of Europe. And we are the one. We are getting the PC Engine Core graphics. So, I sent them this this link to you guys a couple of days ago. Did you Did you guys have a look at it, Paul? Did you take a gander? I had a quick. I had a quick nose. Um, um, when he When he said, I, I'll, I'll, I'll actually to tell a lie. I've completely forgotten what I was going to say. So, <laughs> of course you have. Of course you have. So, have you? Have you? I'll tell you what. I'll read the full list of games, and you tell me whether they are any good because i'll be honest with you a lot of these games i have absolutely no experience with i um i would hold a minute so this is what's called the pc engine core graphics yeah but it's it's got the turbo craft it's like basically it's old pc graphics games and turbo graphics 16 games from way back when so it's like our type so um the only thing that appealed to me about this really was the fact it was it would give you access to all those games you can never afford because I mean I, I think a lot of these am I right in thinking that some of these were made exclusively for the Neo Geo as well? Is that yeah, it? yes? Yeah. Um, now when, when I was growing up and it was all Super Nintendo and Mega Drive, the Neo Geo was the uh, you know the Holy Grail and they had like the games like a hundred pound each or something ridiculous, big big massive cartridges. So the only appeal to me was the chance of finally get to play some of these games. However, like you. They all look a bit crap. 
well, well, you look crap, like we were saying, the games I have no, no knowledge of them. Um, you know, pop and wild type. Um, you know, they, they, they're basically full of things like Art of Fighting and Fatal Fury, Samurai Showdown, things like that. And, you know, I, it just doesn't really appeal to me, really. If I could buy an original Neo Geo to sit on my TV, I'd be happy. But a Turbo Graphics handheld, I'd be happy. But it's mini version. Yeah. I like the yeah. Fair enough. Greg, have you got any feelings about this PC Engine Core Graphics Mini? I think it's a novel idea. I think it's a very niche idea. That I think it's a bit like the uh, SNK collection that I reviewed a couple months ago. Uh, by taking out a lot of the big titles, you're only playing to the obscure, not obscure fans, uh, fans of the obscure games who, I mean, I looked at the list uh, sort of earlier on and there's like a handful that I've gone, oh yeah, that's cool. And obviously Snatcher would be quite cool to play and there's some Bobberman's on there but yeah it's it's very neat it's not like the the SNES mini where that you know that speaks for itself that sold those titles when they originally came out you know were like gangbusters and the same with the NES as well uh and then you look at the PlayStation mini now a lot of those games are available on say the PS3 store which you can pick up for buttons and that hasn't done very well and I see them on sale for like 20 quid now uh I think with this graphics and uh the PC mini graphics turbo flange. It's <laughs> it's yeah, sorry. I ran out of uh, I ran out of words then. It's it's cool, it's novel. Um I, I hope it does well, but yeah, it, for me it'd be a pick up and play and then be like, oh yeah, it's a cool game. I might have played that in an arcade somewhere or on a Neo Geo or something and then be dismissive and on to the next one. There's not enough personally for me that's gonna make me want to fork out for it. But I can see the appeal to the collectors who don't want to spunk out 200 quid on an old arcade board or you know to buy a neo geo or to buy the original version or an import like snes cartridge of um not snes what was snatcher on um was snatcher on the saturn um says super cd on here mega cd it might have been the mega cd yeah so you know people don't want to fork out on that and it's the same with again those other smaller handheld consoles no one's going to want to fork out 90 quid for a brand new edition of uh, for a sealed edition of Link to the Past when it's on a 60 quid SNES Mini. So I can see the appeal for collectors or people that don't have that disposable income to want to buy originals, but for me it's too too much of a niche thing. I'd like to be proven wrong, but yeah. I think, I think the perhaps the trouble with this in particular is probably the same thing that happened to the PlayStation Mini. I mean, I think the thing like the SNES Mini... Uh, the NES Mini and I think the Genesis Mini, they all worked because I think they actually had like a collection of games that held a lot of nostalgic value and, you know, roast tinted glasses value to a lot of older gamers of sort of my generation. Um, and literally all the that's games you, you get... Oh, hold on a minute. <laughs> oh, and... Yeah, that's pretty much what I summed it up as. Yeah, they've got that. Um... <laughs> oh, <laughs> they've got oh. the, the appeal of... Being big games that everyone knows. Yeah, but I'm trying to get onto the whole PlayStation. Oh, sorry, mini, sorry, sorry, sorry. Which you know, I love the PlayStation when it first came out, but I wouldn't go and buy a mini because the games, well, actually, to be fair, just play awful now. Because um, they're they're because they're 3D, but really bad 3D. Whereas you know, if you're playing Streets of Rage, it's it's good 2D. Do you know what I mean? So. Um, I don't, I don't think I don't think that's the same appeal. I mean, the PlayStation Mini is just it was just a disaster, and I think it's probably be, be the same, uh, yeah. especially in this country at least. Anyway, maybe do better in America and Japan. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm with you on the this board. I the the PlayStation Mini for me was was a bit of an odd one because it, it, the games they are all a bit cack. I mean, I mean <laughs> they are they for the for their time. Obviously, you know the 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 leap into 3D and you know the the competition when they had the Nintendo 64 and all that. They, they it was it was such a good for its time. Yeah. But the the the, the great thing about i mean some of these games i mean you know you look at the shizum up genre right have have things really changed that much since since gradius that is that is pretty much it you know it just looks a bit shinier so nothing really has changed and you could probably pick that game up i mean to be fair if you change the title and put it on steam you'd probably sell about 100 copies anyway Fucking <laughs> <laughs> up! People buy a hundred empty folders on Steam for like a couple of quid. So you know, <laughs> personally, I I have very little um, like nostalgic value to any of these games apart from R Type, um, and I'm I'm not paying for a console just for R Type. I'll be honest. And like uh, people, yeah. have, like people have said, like Bonk's Revenge. Oh yeah, I love Bonk's Revenge. It did. Like I can't fucking remember the Bonk's Revenge. No. <laughs> I can't remember Ninja Spirit. I mean, I'd probably like to play the so so the like the very early Wise games are on there. So like Wise Book One and Two and Wise One and Two, um, and that series is still going now. It, you know, it's one of those that's like I think the twelfth game released pretty recently. So that game is that, that series is still going strong, and I'd probably like to go back and play them. But that's that is pretty much it, and it seems like weird. But when this was announced. Like my internet bubble went insane, so I think I follow a lot of um, Tories that have very expensive consoles yeah. um, as, as kids, um, because like I I had absolutely I was like oh cool and mini console what the fuck are these games what is JJ and Jeff <laughs> what the hell is JJ and Jeff uh, yeah. Part of the Saturday morning TV show, isn't it? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> 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 but anyway, um, so yeah, I guess I guess that's it for the PC Engine Core Graphics Mini. Um, it is releasing in March on the 19th of March. It is available to pre-order now. I just wanted to talk about Iron Maiden. Oh, fuck it's... Iron Maiden. That is just... Sorry, I've been waiting to vent on that. That's just fucking stupid. Good. Good. Let, it's, let me... it's Metallica and Napster. It's just it's pissy pants. <laughs> We're taking away from our interest. Bullshit. Right. Let, let me just give it a quick overview for, for the listeners that yes, haven't please. really yeah, understood please. what's going on. Okay, so um, 3D Realms, um, a couple of years ago, they released a game called Bombshell. And it was a, a game that was originally going to be a Duke Nukem game, but after a bit of a legal tussle, 3D Realms decided to change the main character to this woman. Um, who uses a weapon called the Ion Maiden, which is I-O-N Maiden. It's a nice, you know, nice little pun, and it was like a top-down 3D shooter. It did reasonably well, and 3D Realms decided to make another game, but in the same vein as um, Duke Nukem 3D, they wanted to do a first-person shooter, and they called it Ion Maiden. The game had been in development for a couple of years um, at Void Point, and they've, they've put a lot of work into making it a really great retro-styled 3D shooter. And then Iron Maiden, the band, got involved. They sued 3D Realms, the publishers, for $2 million because of the misappropriation of a virtual identical limitation of the Iron Maiden trademark. Now, 
there's there's not a lot of basis to this this trademark infringement that apparently exists and basically the iron maiden developers decided that okay we're going to change the name they now made it iron fury and they announced that a couple of days ago along with a release date but i kind of i i this fucked me up like big star i i went i went red reading this um and I, I had a feeling that Greg might be pissed about it too. So let's start with Greg. Greg, how pissed are you about this? <laughs> I think it is absolutely obscene for a band like Iron Maiden who are riding high as they are to get their knickers in a twist. I say knickers because they're British and it sounds funnier. Over something that is, if anything, it's a pun tribute to their name. And if anything, it would do it would do them good. People would go, oh, that sounds like Iron Maiden, and people would go, oh yeah, I get it. And what is the harm in that? But no, this is just this is a band. This this is going to have no impact on them. They they're not releasing a game at the same time called Iron Maiden Forever or anything like that. So it's not going to impact on their lives or the release of anything they're doing. It's not going to infringe on anything. It's not going to impact their daily lives whatsoever. But they're just getting pissy about it now. I don't know if this was true or not, but I read one point. It might have been a bit of a spurious add-on to the article for a bit of a shits and giggles. But they likened the heroine to looking like Steve Harris, the guitarist, the long black hair. Yeah, that is true. That was part. That of is actually true. That is actually true. Well, that is just fucking stupid, then, isn't it? <laughs> that is the nail in a stupid coffin. It's like I said, it's Metallica and Napster getting pissy about that. It's Kiss and their stupid merchandising rights to everything and suing everyone it's just fucking pedantic now i don't even like iron maiden that much so i'm a little bit biased and i'm on my soapbox here but i just think that is ridiculous if it was a band that came out called iron maiden and this is the thing though i was going to say because if they were a tribute band you see tribute bands all the time with slightly fantastic names you know you you see like tribute bands named after this one of the songs and they'll play cover songs and you don't see the big bands getting annoyed about that and shutting them down because they're not infringing on their they're not infringing on their profits or anything, so they let them slide. But this game is not going to infringe on their profits. This game is not going to do anything that would affect Iron Maiden as a band. So why would they turn around and go, "No, nah, it sounds like our name, so we're going to sue you for two more mil"? Does Bruce Dickinson really need another Spitfire to have on stage? Does he really need more? <laughs> does he really need more planes to fly around? Does the band need anything? Do they need any more animatronic Eddies? No, they don't. So why do this out of just sheer stubborn-mindedness because they don't get the joke? Now, because their game flopped 15, 20 years ago, do you think that's what it is? We hate the industry now. Do, because our game was shit. You know, <laughs> it's just it's just fucking pedants for the sake of it. It's just yes. so stupid. Yes, it is. Absolutely stupid. Um, it's, it's, it, I mean, fair enough. Like, not even, not even fair enough. There's no, there's no happy ending to this. I think Gearbox having to go, not uh, sorry, 3D Realms having to go, fine, we'll change our names. It's just... That, that's that's the bullies getting their way. Yeah, I, stupid. I think the, the the point that got this the story most for me is the fact that Iron Maiden the band are named after a medieval torture device for mm. which they appropriated the name, and yep. then are telling other people that they can't fucking use it. Like yep. <laughs> that's like me that's me point. me. That's like me naming a band Water, and every other fucking person that ever says Water again. Like okay, I'd like to say some. H2O. That's the only thing I can say now because this band's called Water are going to sue me for two million pounds for selling what it actually fucking is. Well, it's it's, it's like Donald. It's like Donald Trump trying to trademark. You're fired, isn't it? 
It's, it's that kind of pity pants logic. It's so yeah. stupid. And I can't believe I just compared Iron Maiden to Donald Trump, but it's just, that's where we are. It was just, it was stupid. It was an unnecessary lawsuit for an unnecessary trivial thing. And I mean, did they pay them in the end or did they have to just change the name? So they've changed the name. They're changing the name to Ion Fury. Yeah, but it's, that was to avoid having to settle the lawsuit, wasn't it? Yeah, so so basically they've completely they have, avoided do they, do they have to do they have to retroactively go back to Bombshell and mod it so it's called the Ion Fury in the game, Bombshell? No, no. They, they oh, exactly, because it, it has no bearing whatsoever because the game is now titled that. Yeah. I mean, so, some of the other things in this lawsuit, so they were saying that the Ion, Ion Maiden font looks a lot like the Iron Maiden font. Now, I'm no font expert, but if you put them next to each other, they look completely fucking different. They do. Like, th- this was like looking at the sun and the moon. It was like, yeah, the band, okay. The band, the band Airborne, their font looks like Iron Maiden. <laughs> Have Iron Maiden sued Airborne for having a similar style font? I think every heavy metal band's got the same font, do not they? Yeah. I mean, if you look at all these Norwegian black metal bands, none of their fonts look the same anyway, because they're all just like someone's got ink blot tests and blown a straw at it. Do, you, are they suing each other because it looks vaguely undiscriminate from the other one? It, oh, it's just it's stupid. It's the the bottom line for my rant, and I have ranted, is it's fucking stupid, and this is copyright gone mad. It is. Paul, Paul, have you got any feelings on this? Well. Funny enough, I think uh, I'm with you guys. I think it's an absolute load of shit. Um, I'm currently, um, uh, there's a client I'm doing some graphic design work for. He he created a brand. I designed it all for him, and it basically the brand was called Fit Beat. It was like fitness to the beat of the music. So he called it Fit Beat. Uh, there's no domain website or anything like that, so on and so forth. So he, he got it. And some fucking company in Australia thought, hold a minute, this guy is using the name Fit and beat in the same sentence type bracket. So they are said they are gonna sue him for breaching their trademark rules. Now look, you know, today, finally today, there's too many people on this planet and there's nothing really particularly original anymore. Um, and you know, things are gonna happen. It'll be a little bit of a crossover from here to there. And like you say, I made an, they don't need to get involved because it's not even you know, spelt Iron Maiden and it's a completely different font. It's not banned. It's it's nothing to do with them. They need to just step away because they're just making themselves look like a bunch of twats. You know what I mean? Where does it stop? There's a, there's a dry cleaners down the road called the Iron Lady. Now it's Margaret Thatcher going to sue them or something. Do you know what I mean? When does it stop? Oh, fuck. Yeah, she, she comes back to life, mate. That is the <laughs> last thing I want to fucking see. Like, the last thing we would be doing if Margaret Thatcher came back is worrying about her suing a fucking... <laughs> we would be shooting her in the head and carrying back down to the devil where she fucking belongs. <laughs> but it's, it's, like, it's like those news agents that play, um, play on words like Singsbury's and Morrisings and stuff like that. And then, you know, that makes you go, oh, I get it. You know, it's not going to harm the profits of Morrisons, is it? But, you know... Oh. The thing gets me is the fact it's spelled I-O-N... Uh, and not iron, so it's actually got nothing to do with iron made anyway. If it's no, 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 Paul, Paul, Paul. It sounds like it, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's not. They can't. They can't copyright the sound of a of a word. Although they've got to sue the English dictionary for having iron in the dictionary. Do you know what I mean? They can't. It's getting out of control. It's, mm-hmm. 
Ridiculous. Absolutely. Anyway, it got to that ten on Steam, calling it Wikipedia. So fuck all y'all. I am quite happy in the end, though, that this this game got the kind of recognition that it probably deserves. If inadvertently through a, you know, all the headlines that it's got because of Iron Maiden suing the shit out of them. I mean, two million dollars oh, yeah. for using a fund. And now every fucker knows about this game. Do you know what I mean? It's like, well done for making a game successful by being dickheads. Yeah. Thanks very much publicity for that. is good publicity. Do you know what I mean? So it might have worked in their favour. So. Yeah, I mean, you know. Well, it, was, it was the same with that uh, that hatred game, wasn't it? If you hadn't yeah. mentioned it, it probably would have gone under the radar because everyone brought it to attention. It, it was like number one for a week. I mean, it was shit, but it, everyone played it. Yeah. Because it brought people to go, oh, what's this all about then? Oh, it's a black and grey shooter. Cool. Yeah, but it did them. It, it did it them a profit. Yeah, but it did them a profit because everyone. Same with Manhunt. I mean, that got in the tabloids for the wrong reasons because the British tabloids misappropriated in the story. But I mean, we. I was working at Game Station at the time, and a lot of places weren't selling it. We weren't told not to, so we sold fucking loads of them. Yeah, and um, to be fair, that game wasn't. About. You know, it it wasn't even that bad. Like. It was unfortunately it was unfortunately misquoted in the murder of uh, a teenage lad, wasn't it? Um, yeah. And the, the tabloids ran with it that the killer played it, and it turned out it was the victim's game. The killer hadn't played it at all. It was just the British tabloids, wasn't it? And people were coming to see what the fuss was about, and we were like, "Yeah, fine, that quick, please, thank you." Well, you, good on you. You could say you, you could say capitalising on someone's tragedy, but then when it wasn't actually linked to that tragedy, then I mean, maybe that's just me being a soulless. Uh, retail assistant, but okay. you know, sorry, off topic. This. Yeah. Did, did you guys ever play Thrill Kill? Yeah, I've got uh, it. I did not. Okay, so I've like, actually got a copy of it. <laughs> so, so both me and you have, have actually played it despite the fact that the game never fucking released anywhere because it was banned. That, it, like, look, look at Mortal Kombat now. Yeah, like I mean, that, it, that Thrill Kill went on to become Wu Tang, didn't it? Yeah. But like the original version, the Thrill Kill, where it, you know it went up for certification. They said there is no freaking way you're releasing this game. And and to be honest with you, I bought like I bought a dodgy copy of the game um, from a PlayStation Two that was like chipped back in the day. And like it wasn't even that bad. Wow. Like it was it was Mortal Kombat esque. And to be fair, like was it Belladonna or Bellatrix or it was Bella Bella Bellatrix? There was the Imp. There was the Executioner. There was yeah, was yeah. the little yeah. devil type thing. I mean, she made some moany, moany, groany noises when, you know, she was, you know, splatting your face into the floor with her crotch. Fair enough. I understand that, that, you know, perhaps this shouldn't be, you know, played by kids. But, you know, there were 18 rated games at the time. Um, All I'm trying to say is the fact that two out of three of us have played a game that never actually released because of a controversy. That is impressive, I think. Yeah, that's a winner. Okay. Um... So, what was this topic you wanted to talk about, Paul, then? What, what, what oh, <laughs> all I wanted to say was that Liverpool have signed a new long-term deal with EA Sports uh, for, just in time for uh, FIFA 20. Just throwing that in there. So, what, what's this deal all about? No idea, but it's just Liverpool and that's all I need. <laughs> just wanted to mention that. I you the hottest scoops, people. <laughs> I've been on Facebook much. just was coming online. I thought, oh, that's good. I'm wearing WhatsApp with it. So, you know, it's all good. Okay. Um, so I guess that's all of the topics. And we can just 
move on to the answers for the quiz. Are you guys ready? No, no, no we were going to talk about we we're going to talk about Shenmue and Final Fantasy VII, weren't we? Do you guys want to talk about that? All right, quick opinion on Shenmue three and the backers not getting season passes. Yeah, tough shit. If you only pledge ten pound to get Shenmue. Uh, three brought to life. I don't understand why, because Shemu is boring, and I can probably hear Ross like screaming when he listens to this over in Spain. <laughs> if you only pay ten dollars or ten pound to get Shemu back, you do not deserve to get a season pass. You've contributed to a game coming out, which is fair enough, but it doesn't mean you deserve everything that comes with it. I've backed, um, I backed Gunship's first album and got their pre-order, but it doesn't mean I should get every T-shirt that comes out and then the vinyl purchases of it. However, if they had, if you pledged ninety dollars, then yeah, you'd think you know you should be like a top tier backer. You might get a full game and then a little bit with it, but then you shouldn't expect that. If it's literally just you are backing the game to get it made, then you deserve a pat on the back. Well done, it's coming out. Yeah. If you've only pledged twenty quid towards it, then yeah. Okay. For those um, that don't know what Greg sorry. is ranting about. <laughs> ranting, I'm um, talking at speed. Okay. Uh, let, let's let's actually talk about this then. So um, the Shenmue 3 Kickstarter, basically they, they announced that anybody who kickstarted the game, regardless of what tier they, they pledged at, would not be getting the season pass, um, which is basically the additional add-ons that are going to come after release. Um, and basically got people, people got pissy. People got a bit frustrated. Uh, I don't know if Ross is a backer. I am a backer. I did back the Shenmue Kickstarter because I had a lot of pleasant memories about playing Shenmue and despite the fact that I, when I picked up the the new version I wasn't as wowed as I was back in the day it's still interesting to see where the series goes I really don't give a shit about the season pass I, I, I backed at the minimum possible level that I possibly could to still get the game and to see it come to fruition because I honestly didn't want to you know go out and get all the special pins and fucking posters and signed artwork and bullshit. I just wanted the game to happen and for me to get a copy. I can understand why people would feel like they're not being valued as basically investors in the game. And, you know, the game did pass its Kickstarter goal. It did, did then go out and get a, a, a publisher. And now it's being published on just on Epic Game Store. It has a lot of money been pumped into it now. And I understand why people might want a bit more back than what was originally promised. But hey, you know, you backed the game. We didn't know there was going to be a season pass when we backed it. Tough shit. Paul, have you got any thoughts on this one? Well, I, I backed it. I, 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 I think I only backed the 10. I wanted to, to get made. Um, so, I'll just, I'll, you know, like Greg said, I, put, I threw a 10 on it. I didn't for one second expect to get a free game and a season pass with it. So... I think people need to just like chill out a little bit. I mean, the thing is, a lot of people, I, I mean, that, that game's broke all records on Kickstarter. And I think that's because a lot of people have a lot of love for the game. And they, a lot of people do just want to get the, the, the third one made. So you might have just thrown a tenner here, 20 quid there, whatever. Uh, and, they, and that's just because they want the game to be made. Because if, if the Kickstarter failed, then the game wouldn't get made. It's that simple. So, you know, I, I don't really back stuff uh, at all, really. But I thought, you know, what's a tenner to get this game made? So you throw that on there. Um, you know, if you put a ten on and expect to get like a full game, then you're, you're a bit stupid, isn't you? Really? Um, but you know, people, there's some generation of self entitlement at the moment, aren't we? And uh, he's like, have a wake up call. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is. 
it's really weird to see like so obviously Shenmue people aren't getting a season pass whereas when you back certain other games and I guess this has come like expectation now I backed Hamsterdam and they sent me a Steam code for every single game that that studio had ever developed in the past as a thank you nice now that I, I guess guess that people become and that is quite commonplace now. You can buy you, like people get library keys for developers to help you know to help get their next game off the ground, and I, I guess you know that is where expectations are now. But you know when you back this project, you, you knew what you were getting. You're not going to get more than that from the developers. So stop. Basically, people are fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, you only just realised this. Amen. Okay, do you, so do you want to talk about Final Fantasy VII? Because it's kind of a bit of a damp squib now. When when I originally proposed that we talk about Final Fantasy VII and Xbox One. Yeah, just give me, just give me, give me 30 seconds. I, th- I, I just think it's funny. I think it's I, funny that it, Final Fantasy VII's got this weird gone back to being exclusive thing on the PlayStation. Because um, it took a long time for Final Fantasy to come on the Xbox, didn't it? I think the first one was Final Fantasy XI when it did the MMO. Yeah, and then and then the first sequel one was Final Fantasy thirteen, wasn't it? Yeah, and what else has been on there? Fourteen was fourteen on there. Yeah, fourteen and fifteen, but nothing prior to that. No, no fourteen, fifteen, fifteen uh, for sure. Seven, the seven and nine ports aren't on the Xbox, are they? Um, yeah, the Final Fantasy seven port came the, on the weird, the weird PC port. Yeah, the one with the you know fa- the fast forward and the Infinity yeah. cheat. Is the Final Fantasy VIII remaster going to be on the Xbox? Um, I don't think they confirmed that. No. No, I just think it's it's kind of funny, but at the same time, it's it's quite nice that it's gone back to its old days of being PlayStation only. I mean, I mean, first world problem here. I've got both, so it doesn't really bother me. But I suppose if you are an Xbox fan and you saw <laughs> Final, and if you've gone from PlayStation to Xbox and you saw Final Fantasy VII remake and you absolutely wet yourself and they went PlayStation Four, you'd be like, oh motherfucker, you know. But uh, that's tough shit, really. I think it's funny. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think uh, you know the square square of, of of sending games where they are likely to sell. Yeah, you know, I, I'm really Final surprised. Fantasy has always been synonymous with PlayStation to me. Yeah, it, I think for most people, you know, they they grew up. You know, it wasn't often that you saw a Final Fantasy game on something that wasn't a PlayStation. And when we had we had PlayStation One, PlayStation Two, PSP. PlayStation 3, and then the Xbox 360 started to come into it. But, you know, the PlayStation 4 and the, the Nintendo Switch, they sell best in Japan. That's yeah. where these games are, you know, they're from, where they're developed, where they're likely going to sell the most. I mean, Final Fantasy 7 will probably sell very fucking well everywhere yeah. in the world. I mean, but, you know, I mean, look at, look, at, look at Lost Odyssey. They tried, they had the Final Fantasy director back on board, and Lost Odyssey, I think it sold enough units, but that was it. Yeah. They they tried making they tried making uh, an Eastern inspired RPG for the West and it was met with all right cool but it's not Final Fantasy is it so it's like they say it's always going to have that market in Japan and on the, the, the Japanese favoured consoles so I think it's just tough luck swallow that bit of pill and buy a PS4 yeah so Last time made, great. don't forget that Final Fantasy games were exclusive to Nintendo. All the way up until number oh, seven, yeah. I believe. Yes, that's when they so, realised that there was more capacity in disc. Yeah. Yes. So there's been that this whole kind of exclusivity thing previously, and oh yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, full circle, maybe sort of. Yeah. Oh, but no, it's only going to be on PS4, though, isn't it? 
yeah, yeah, that's so the best. This this all spans from the fact that the Xbox um, account in Germany decided to tweet um, that the Xbox One version of Final Fantasy VII Remake would release the same day as the PlayStation 4, which then the tweet was deleted. You know, Xbox said it was an internal error. Everyone Good was like... Good old graph. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> that was, <laughs> that, everyone was like, actually, no, it's obviously going to happen. That this, they, they make these kind of mistakes on, you know, by mistake. And then Square came out and said, no, we have absolutely no plans to release it anywhere else but the PlayStation 4. So yeah, it's... Mine bad. <laughs> um, you know th- these things happen you know tweets get sent out people get excited i i would feel genuinely gutted if i if i was one of these console warriors that wasn't willing to buy a new console for the games that i wanted to play if i was so fucking married to a, a brand that i hated the other ones then i would i would feel super shit that i couldn't play final fantasy 7 but you know i think these people are going away now or they're getting yeah. very quiet you know. Yeah, the, the, there's there's no white knight defending a console thing anymore. I mean, if you are, you're just a stubborn mule, really. I mean, there there are. I, I have you ever heard of Crap Gamer? No. Um, do yourself a favor, go on Twitter and just search for Crap Gamer. All right. Um, he's he's part of something called the Xbox Mafia. I've had quite a few runnings with the, the Xbox Mafia. Um, I, I used to get dogpiled by them on Twitter very often, um, because I would dare to say they're an Xbox game was not the fucking best thing ever released. Like, oh, I'm in your corner. There's so many, like, Xbox exclusives that are just weak. Well, the thing is, like, I, 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 I am not a console fanboy anymore. I used to be. I used to be a big PlayStation fanboy. But before that, I was an Xbox 360 fanboy. I used to be insecure in my choice of console. Now, I don't give a shit because there's too many yeah. fucking games exactly. to get that fucking petty about. Like, exactly. who gives a shit? Like, I, I've started playing PC used games to be. now. I used to be a PlayStation sort of fanboy until I got my GameStation job. And then I was like, oh, I can buy a second-hand Xbox. There's a couple of games I want to try. And then I did. And then I bought a GameCube. So as soon as you embrace it, then it's just like, oh, what was I ever being a douche about? Yeah. Anyway, we've uh, gone off topic of uh, Final Fantasy. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just think it's funny. I think it's a bit like, ha, back to its roots. Yeah. Okay, then. So let's talk quiz. Have you guys got your answers ready? See, in mixed order. In mixed How? order. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> I'm, still missing, I'm still missing the question somewhere, so uh, it's all gone a bit tits up. So bear with me. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> okay. So question one: Which actor starred as Mario in the 1993 Super Mario Bros. movie? Uh, Paul, what have you got for this? Uh, Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins is the correct answer. Okay, uh, question two. Which actor delivered this line in 1994's Street Fighter movie? For you, the day Bison graced your village was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. Greg, who was that? It was Raul Julia. It was Raul Julia. The, the late Raul Julia, unfortunately. Yeah, his last film was Street Fighter. What an what incredible way to go The only out. saving grace was he didn't have to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I fucking love that film, and I'll never have a bad. Oh, I've got it. I, I own it, and I own Mario Brothers as well. But do you own the uh, the Street Fighter game based on the movie, which is absolutely no? Dead. I wish I did. I played oh, it. It was oh, diabolical. Street anyway. Fighter the movie, the game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Um, question three: Dwayne the Rock Johnson is starred in two movies based on video games. Please name them both. Um, Paul, give me one. Uh, Rampage. Greg, give me the other. Doom. Congratulations. 
The Can we look for bonus points? We have Jumanji, which is sort of based on a game. Oh, 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 no. That's the other way round, you know? Oh, whatever. Did you not get Doom? Of course I've got Doom. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> I thought you were trying I, to clarify. I had three I answers. I thought I might get bonus points. Anyway. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, did you know that there is a Jumanji, the movie, the game coming out? God. Uh, where you play as The Rock. It looks quite fun. Jumanji's um, movie, the game, based on the game that became a movie the first time around. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, uh, question four. Which actor has been cast as Nathan Drake in the upcoming Uncharted movie? Now, Paul, you seemed a bit confused about this, so I'm going to go with you first. Who do you think has been cast as Nathan Drake? Well, uh, I'll put down Tom Holland. That is the correct answer. Well done, fellas, well done. That's just Tom Holland. Um, I can see Paul's point, though, if they are doing a generational thing. um, Yes, but they're not. Because it could have been Matey Boy doing the older one, whatever. But anyway... Um, You're right. The only one that has been confirmed is Tom Holland, so it's correct. Well, I, I don't know if do you know. Do you know we were talking about this previously? How about how we don't want Sony? This was a couple of cats ago now. How we don't want Sony to follow on the story from their games. Because, uh, okay, so it's going to be like a young Nathan Drake then. Yeah, it looks like they're doing like a prequel to the whole thing. So yeah, that's good. Which they did in Uncharted Three. Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> uh, question five. Three Ubisoft-owned game series have been transformed into live-action movies. Name two of them. Um, Paul, give me one. Can I get a bonus point of having three, please? No, I already asked that. Oh. No, you can't have a bonus point. Give me one. Far Cry. Okay. Oh, Greg... I put that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, what's it? What, what's... Have you got Assassin's your... Creed, Far Cry, and Prince of Persia. That's, that is correct. All three. Of course, we're both at a point for that, surely. Yeah, you bonus both get a point, point for that, don't worry. Yeah, one point. We don't get a bonus point. You don't no. get a bonus oh. point. Um, okay, um, question six. Who lent his voice to Pikachu in the Detective Pikachu movie? Paul? Uh, Ryan Reynolds. That is correct. Um, question seven. What was the first video game movie directed by prolific video game movie director and producer U-Ball? Greg, what have you got for this? I've got House of the Dead. That is correct. Yes, because then it was Alone in the Dark, wasn't it? I was confused. Yes. Yes, they were both fucking awful. Yes. Um, after after doing quite a number of really decent films, he decided to piss his entire career away by making video game movies. <laughs> there was, there was. I think I've mentioned this before on a podcast, but there's one bit in House of the Dead that is so fucking stupid. I've never understood why this got a shot made of it. Basically, they're running across this bridge that's out of the water by about three inches, and one of them trips on this bridge and falls over and puts their hand on a nail. Now, who the fuck nailed that three inches off the water upwards? You nailed <laughs> nail the plank down onto the support. Yeah. I remember watching the going and like, who built that fucking bridge? But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, question eight. Which EA-owned franchise was turned into a live-action movie starring Aaron Paul in 2016? Paul, what have you got for this? Uh, Need for Speed? That is correct. Um, question nine. Which actor starred as Max Payne in 2008's Max Payne movie? It, that was Mark Wahlberg. That's the one I gave away earlier. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Greg. Um, question ten. How many live-action movies have been created for the, man, the Resident Evil franchise to date? Uh, Greg, how many? Six. Six is correct. Yes. Oh, yes. Get him. I always thought seven, but I know it's not. Glad I it is six. Um, until they rebooted, obviously, but um, yeah. Question 11. Which video game movie adaption has earned the most in worldwide box office takings to date? Paul, what did you put for this? 
Uh, I put Tomb Raider. Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Not I, yeah, I put, I put the first Tomb Raider film. Okay, you're both incorrect. Is it um, going to be Detective Pikachu, isn't it? No, it is huh? Warcraft. Oh, piss laps. Of course it is. Um, that did fucking what? numbers in China. Yes, yeah, yeah. Right, it did. Yeah, I keep forgetting Warcraft, that actually exists. Yeah. It blew up in, in, Egypt, in China and absolutely did numbers over there. And it earned something like $340 million over there. Dang. So, yeah, it, it did well. Um, question 12. Which actor is appearing in the 2020 Sonic the Hedgehog movie as Dr. Robotnik? Uh, Paul, what's this? Is it Jim Carrey? It is Jim Carrey. Oh, you said that like you didn't know it. Well, I don't know any of these answers. I'm just sort of guessing. <laughs> of course, it's always the way. Okay. Question 13. Which long-running Capcom game franchise is getting the movie treatment in 2020 starring Ron Perlman? Greg, you think you know this one? I think I want to gamble. I want to gamble on Monster Hunter. That is correct. Oh, what a gamble. Because I remember reading something about that. Yeah, yeah. Ages ago. Yes. Thought it, it looks, was bullshit. Turns out it wasn't. <laughs> it looks it looks utter cack, but yes. <laughs> okay. But after uh, the success of Street Fighter, oh, wait. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Question fourteen: Australian actress, singer, and model Holly Valance starred in which video game movie adaptation back in two thousand and six? Paul, what's this? Uh, Dead or Alive. It is correct. Dead or Alive is the right answer. Okay. Uh, question fifteen: In the Tomb Raider: The Cradle of Life movie. What is Lara Croft attempting to find? Greg, what have you got? Is it Pandora's box? It is Pandora's box. Yes! Well done. Um, did you get that also, Paul? I did. Well done. Um, oh, questions... this is be a close one. It is. Uh, you've won this one already. I've got two wrong already. Have you? Um, have you got Yeah. Okay, question 16. Before being replaced by Timothy Elephant, who had been cast as Agent 47 in the original Hitman movie, Paul, what have you got for this, buddy? Uh, I've got nothing. <laughs> Greg, who did you put down? Um, uh, Vin Diesel. It is correct. Vin Diesel yes. was is set to star. Really? Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, yes, yeah, because so... they, 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 they realised he was too big for the role. Yeah. Not a big, um, not big name, but he was too bulky to play 47. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's, he was too, like, 47 is a, like, a lean, slender, blend of the crowd type, and Vin Diesel isn't. No, he's not. He's a you know muscle car, black glasses, hiding in the shadows, yeah, killing people. About family. <laughs> okay. Uh, question seventeen: Alec Baldwin, James Woods, Donald Sutherland, and Steve Buscemi all starred in which animated <laughs> video game movie? Greg, you said this already. Now the re- the reason I laugh when you read this question is because it was the one I thought was the answer that was Warcraft, and I gave it away because I went, "Oh, it's not both of the spirits of it," and it is that one. Yeah. Final yeah. Fantasy Spirits Within is the correct answer. Yay. What an amazing cast for a terrible movie. <laughs> okay, question 18. In which video game movie adaption did Peter Dinklage play Mighty Eagle? Paul, what have you got? I put down Pixels. Okay. Greg, what did you put down? Uh, I, I just threw a dart at a board, and because we're on a Yui Bowl film, uh, spree, I put Blood Rain. <sighs> It was Angry Birds. Of course it was. Mighty Eagle! Yeah. You've got, you got a kid, so you're allowed to watch away. that, but yeah. I've not. You know. <laughs> Do you know what you should? Um, the, the second half of the film is reasonably funny. The first half is not. It's painful. So, tot up your scores for me. Um, Paul, how many did you get right this week? I just took 
mere 14. Ugh. That's not bad, mate. 14 out of 18 is not bad. Oh, be... I, oh. I, 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 I thought this was a reasonably difficult one, if I'm honest. Um, but now Greg's going to prove me wrong by telling me he's got how many out of right? How many? 16. 16 out of 18. That is an incredible score. Nah, it's not the same it's... without Ross here to beat him, but... <laughs> um, I've just had a call, Ross. Ross got 19 out of 18 this week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he gave himself all the bonus points for the three uh, Ubisoft films. <laughs> What's that? What's that? Oh, okay, yeah. So Ross has won this week. Um, thank you very much for playing, guys. Um, so I guess that leaves us with the final bit that Roscoe always does, and I completely forget about what's coming out this week. Um, so this week's pretty good. We've got Night Call, which is coming out on Games Pass. It's like a detective game where you play as a taxi driver and you interview people that get in the back of your taxi because there's murders going on in Paris. That's coming out of Games Pass for Xbox and for Switch and PlayStation 4 and PC. It looks pretty cool. What else have we got? We've also got Etherborn, and that is a game that Roscoe has reviewed, and you can read the review for the game on the 18th of July, which is when it releases. The FIA European Truck Racing Championship game. Anybody interested in racing trucks? No. Okay. Only that. Only big, big truck racing that was on PS2. Oh, what was, big, what was that? Big, like eighteen wheeler. Eighteen, the one that was absolutely broken. Yes, eighteen wheeler. That was brilliant. And you could reverse at six hundred miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, what a game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So reverse at 600 miles an hour. Oh, it was absolutely broken game. There were bridges wouldn't connect. You just drive into the water. It was just a shambles. It was it was a precursor to a ride to hell retribution. It was that bad. Oh my god, Jesus Christ! There's one for your memory banks. Oh, trying to erase it. Thanks for that. Ride to hell. (laughs) One day, one day we should do a feature on all the really bad bike racing games that we've ever played because there are so many. Okay, Redeemer Enhanced Edition comes out on PlayStation 4 and Switch and Xbox. On the same day, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 comes out on the Switch, another game which Greg won't be playing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Same day, Lost Ember comes out on the PC and the PS4. Now, I don't know if you guys have seen any of this game. I put it in a couple of our indie game lists. It's a game where you start off as a wolf and it's like an ember. You take control of the wolf and then you transfer that ember to like eagles and turtles and various other things. It looks really cool, like um, Journey meets with flower, meets with kind of like animal simulators. Looks really cool. (laughs) Tetris Effect is coming out on the PC this week. Um, Vane is hitting the PC this week. Can you remember Vane, Paul? Vane? Yeah, the game where you play as a... Oh, the bloody bird thing. (laughs) Yeah, yes. I want a pot of shit that was. Yeah, no offense, developers, if you're listening. Vane uh, is now coming out on the PC if you want to put yourself through that. And that's pretty much it for this week. I can't really see. Oh, Songbird Symphony. Roscoe made me. Maybe he says that this is a good looking game about songbirds. I've not really looked into it, but it, it looks pretty cutesy. So that is pretty much it for this week's podcast. I think we've not fucked it up too much that people won't listen to this episode. So, well done, Sean. Done a, done a good job of the hosting no, duties. No, no, mate. The, this, this, this is going to be an absolute disaster. No, well, it's not. Not. It's <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining me. Um, it's been a, a really great podcast. Thanks, guys.
That's all right. Pleasure. So, yeah. Um, so it's a goodbye from me. I'll say it in exactly the same way Roscoe does, because that seems to work. So, <laughs> toodles. It's a goodbye, goodbye from Greg. Uh, toodles. <laughs> you, you fucking stole my thing! <laughs> <laughs> and it's a, it's a goodbye from Paul. Yeah, toodles. And a hey. fuck you from Roscoe. And uh, <laughs> we shall see you next time at our more regularly scheduled time. And this was the Finger Guns podcast. Goodbye. <laughs>